0: Hi, everyone. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. And it's
1: Halloween. It's Halloween. No, it's not Halloween, but it's... It's not
0: actually Halloween, but thank you for playing.
1: One of my favorite franchises. (laughs) (laughs) Probably my favorite. Actually, it's my favorite horror franchise. I was going to say say it. I'm just going to say it. Own it. I mean, I love... There's a lot of them I love, but this one's my fave. Okay. That's true for lots of people, I think.
0: Yeah. You know, they have all those Halloween memes... On the old social media where it's got the little box and it's got, you know, Michael Myers and Jason and Freddie and Pinhead and all the little dudes. And then it says and Child's Play and Leprechauns and all the franchises. Right. And it says, you know, if you had to get rid of one or choose. Child's Play. <laughs> of those. Okay. So if you had to get rid of 3 or whatever and then you end up picking your favorite. Yeah. So yours would be Halloween, no hands
1: down. Hands down. Well, that's why we're here, I, am, I guess. And I, I am team Laurie Strode the whole way. When she's not in it, we'll get into that cuz I still think there's some really good ones without her. We are going to get into but that. They're just that much better when she's in them. I hear you. That's Except for Resurrection, that movie was flipping horrible and she's only in it for a minute anyway. Yep. So Halloween
0: she choked on her drink because I just like pivot. Uh, what what how, am I What am I drinking out of, Shannon? You're drinking
1: out of a cup that says he's back. And it's Michael on a knife. Michael's face.
0: On a knife. On a knife. That you got at? Party City. Party City. Party which,
1: City's got some good uh, Halloween, f- Michael Myers Halloween stuff there.
0: For those of you who don't live here, what is Party City, Kathy?
1: It's a... Uh, Almost, it's almost like the size of a warehouse. Yeah, it's
0: of. like any of the big warehouse type stores. And they
1: just, you know, this time of year, it's decked out in all the different Halloween uh, movie franchise party stuff. So you can get Halloween themed parties. Mm-hmm. You can get, um, you know, child's play theme party. But on, on an everyday, you know, it's where people go to get their party supplies. They have a bunch of fall theme things. It's fun.
0: Yeah. If you're ha- having a party and you need decorations... Party city. parties, Balloons. <laughs> the name is on brand. <laughs> it's on the nose. I, wa- I
1: walked in there the other day and they had uh, two skeletons dressed up as Chucky oh, laying down but- on a table and there was blood all over them.
0: Okay. Party city. Party city. It sounds like a party. Kathy is wearing her Halloween t-shirt.
1: The night he came home.
0: Yeah. And has her Halloween... Cup, So she's on brand as well as this is her favorite thing. So this episode, we called the Michael Myers universe, because at least I called it that, because we're really talking about Michael Myers, um, through through the movies. In other words, some of these movies don't address Michael Myers at all, but I'm still gonna mention them, obviously. But because um, these movies really are about Laurie Stroud and Michael Myers in our minds and hearts, but that is not what every single movie addresses. So for those of you who would not know this, which is no one that's listening to this Halloween's an American (laughs) horror franchise. Um, It's basically it's, let's see, how do I look at this? Let's start with this. I look at this as Halloween one through six and then, Halloween H20 and Resurrection as a little bundle and then Rob Zombie's two movies as a bundle and then the new uh Halloween 2018 and then the upcoming two movies as a bundle. Yeah. So I sort of look at it as those four chunks. And the,
1: the two the the newer series with yeah. Laurie Strode, those are in the same storyline as Halloween 1 and 2. Mhm. Cuz once we get into Four and five, well, three is not part of the series. Once we get into four and five, Jamie, the young girl, is supposed to be Lori's niece, which doesn't match up necessarily with one and two. Yeah. So it goes off the beaten path. Yeah. Don't try to,
0: (laughs) there's, there's no joy in trying to make it all make sense necessarily
1: as a universe. Like they're not, they're not too
0: worried about that. I do think
1: it's why the newer Halloween's or the newer Halloween, there's only one out right now also did really well is because it really ties into the original storyline.
0: Yes. Because I think the people that were original fans of those two movies No matter your age or where you live, if you're fans of those first two movies, I think those have the most fans Mm -hmm. of those that that foundation, those OG stories. And so now they're, you know, given that some blood, which I appreciate. So the films primarily focus on a serial killer named Michael Myers. Um, Let's go with the first, you know. This is how it started. As we've already stated, it goes off the beaten path and down different forks in the road several times, as we'll get to. But primarily the foundation for this is a serial killer named Michael Myers, who committed, who was committed to a sanitarium as a child for the murder of his sister, Judith Myers. Now, again, this is the mythology from the beginning. So then 15 years later, he escapes to stalk and kill people in a fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, Michael's, Killings occur on the holiday of Halloween. Um, So that's why it's called Halloween. The original Halloween was released in 1978 and was written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill and directed by John Carpenter. Um, It's, I mean, this, this, that film inspired a long line of slasher films. Yes, it did.
1: So, and I believe, I believe it started as a short, the original. Not sure. I'll have to look that up. So...
0: Halloween and Halloween 2 go together in a, a chunk for me. Is that kind of the way it sounds? Say that again? You? Halloween and Halloween 2.
1: Yeah, they're a chunk. Are kind of together. For sure. Because it, it where one ends, the other one directly picks up. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if, if I'm right about this.
0: So I guess while she's looking that up, um, Halloween came out in 1978, directed by John Carpenter. Halloween 2 came out in 1981, Rick Rosenthal. Um, produced by Deborah Hill, etc. I really enjoy both of these movies and the way they go together. I mean, I remember the first Halloween very vividly, as I don't know, I guess it was one of the first times that I ever saw a movie where the bad guy was. They give him some context for why he is who he is mm-hmm. because they're, you know. Detective Loomis. Is that what he's called? Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis. Thank Mm -hmm. you. He's a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Uh, um, And... They give some context for obviously him. He's incredibly passionate. He's worked with Michael Myers. And so he's the Michael Myers whisperer. Like he knows him and explains Michael to everyone. He, he basically is the character in the movie that explains to the audience and everyone around them, like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> if we yeah. didn't have him, we wouldn't know what the heck is going on. Right. But Michael is also sort of seen because it's 15 years later after he had murdered his sister. Michael's sort of seen as evil. Right. You know, pure evil type of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely more of a supernatural feel to this, Michael. I know we're going to talk about the comparisons later, which I think is ironic because Carpenter actually found zombies, Rob zombies, Michael to be way less um, reality based, which is interesting because the way that Michael was used in, John Carpenter's and the series that follow, all the ones basically that were not made by Rob Zombie, he is this evil creature that is the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all you really know. You have this little backstory of him killing his family. We don't know why. We just know that he was a clearly a really sick kid. He was also a lot younger in this version than he was in the other version. So he was six when he killed his family. So that's all we really know. So he, I mean, Michael, I think what what made Michael so terrifying for me, and he's still my favorite villain, is he was the original boogeyman. Mm-hmm. He came out of the dark slowly. There was nothing really, um, I don't know, just, he wasn't a bull in a china shop. Like everything was really... Uh, Not in the beginning. <laughs> right. So... Right. Um, I, I well,
0: know. but I would add that, you know, people want it to be purely, you know, he's purely evil. And he's like this kind of automatic killer type yeah. of person, because in, that's how when you see him kill, that is how it happens. You see him sort of you know, those those very iconic twists of the head of like when he nails, you know, when he knifes someone and hangs them up on a wall and then he like cocks his head like an animal and looks at them as if it's a fascination. Yeah. And so, but then I would also add, but the one of the big main characters that you follow throughout, I think six, is that, is a doctor, is a psychiatrist. So there's a mental health, aspect to sure. that you know there's 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 obviously there's this guy that's trying to he, uh, he's the one he's seems to be the only one that empathizes with michael throughout the
1: whole thing and mm-hmm. i think they have that character for that very reason yeah
0: so that he's made him he more human
1: right and he's trying to tell michael i promise you this is not going to get i think he says this in halloween too like i promise you this is not going to get better because you're killing all these people like it's only going to get worse for you he was his only he tried to be his voice of reason um and he was rooting for michael and like you said but but we still don't really know the why no
0: not at this point Mm -hmm. so halloween three is called season of the witch and it's different (laughs) I'm not going to get into all of the politics. You all know the fans of the Halloween franchise sort of know everything that was going on with this, but um, it has nothing to do with one and two. Um, It's basically that the magic of Stonehenge uh, weaponizes Halloween masks. Mm -hmm. That's the basic premise. If I'm going to sum it up, it's, it was shot in Utah. Um, uh, it, so there is a Joe Bob. No, there isn't a Joe Bob. Sorry. What I was going to say was, is that um, there's a woman on the Joe Bob Riggs show named Darcy. She's one of the stars of that show and is his. um His male girl. His right hand. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and she loves this movie and talks about wanting it on the show and stuff. So
1: it's, it, as a standalone movie, it's known to be pretty.
0: So that's, that's, well I think her point yeah. is that. She loves the movie. And I think a lot of people love the movie. And I also know that uh, they're, you know, what they were attempting to do was actually set the franchise to follow this movie. Like that was the idea was that they were going to now they were going to anthologize Halloween so that each it wasn't going to be like the Michael Myers universe. It was going to be each each movie was going to be a different story. Mm hmm on Halloween and maybe it, there's the idea or the philosophy that if they had done that then the Halloween franchise maybe would have done better or the movies would have been better what have mm-hmm. you like that's just one thought process is, is like if they had followed that structure that I mean we don't know what would have happened but that that could have been successful too um so that's Halloween 3 I mean you
1: like this movie in general or no i've only seen bits i haven't watched it all the way through but the bits and pieces i have seen of it like i agree with uh darcy is i think as a standalone movie yeah um it's clever and it's different and it has that halloween i don't know because it's the kids and the trick-or-treating and the (laughs) factory and i don't know it has that um so if it if it was not part of this franchise i think i would probably say it was good
0: yeah i i i do think that as well and i just think it's a fun gimmick too it's a fun like kind of campy horror gimmick. It's like the magic of stonehenge has weaponized halloween masks and so when you put them on you're it's just really i don't know it's kind of fun it's yeah. sort of fun in that way it's difficult it was difficult for me because i knew i was doing like a full halloween watch where i was going to watch every single movie in order mm-hmm And so watching Halloween and then Halloween two, and then knowing intellectually that Halloween three was going to like mess with me yeah. (laughs) and then still putting it in and watching with it, it definitely messed with me. Oh, yeah, I was really wanting more of that. So it was very difficult for me to. Beat Darcy and see it as a, as a as a standalone. Standalone and and so I think what might have to happen is maybe like next year around Halloween, like I just watch season of the witch and see it as something that I like. I'm I'm not immersed mm-hmm. in the universe, and then maybe I'll appreciate it more. So that's where I'm at with that. So. Interestingly enough, on the Joe Bob note, um, for one of, I think it was two years ago, they did what's called a Halloween Hootenanny, and you can watch it on Mm Shudder. And Joe Bob aired three movies. He aired the original Halloween and then Halloween 4 and 5. And so there are Joe Bob versions of these next two movies. Awesome. I want
1: to watch those because 4 and 5 for a long time were two of my favorites and I'm not sure if it had anything to do with when they were released and how old I was and probably and being, you I know, mean, usually old, old enough to now this like being still kind of scary, but older than being like a little kid and trying to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that's part of it. But I also, um, you know, they use a little kid in it, you know, <laughs> who's supposed to be, who, which I, who ironic, sorry, who ironically um, ends up playing in the Rob Zombie version as a, as an adult, which I thought was clever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Jamie Lloyd, who's supposed to be Laurie Strode's daughter, and and Michael's niece, right? Mm-hmm. So this, this is now we're off the beaten path, because this is now um, not going to make sense with the rest of the Halloweens with Laurie in it, because when we get to H2O, she, she has a son. Yeah, um, the
0: mythology just sort of falls right. apart, which is whatever. But I think
1: that <laughs> this one now starts to move more into the psychological aspects so we have laurie laurie's and also laurie's dead in four and five right yeah so she um she has a, a daughter and and it, it takes place shortly after laurie dies and jamie is um being taken care of by i think like an adopted family fosters her and so she gets really close to the 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 biological daughter of the family who ends up just kind of being her big sister. And so it's that story of, of of her having all of this PTSD and flashbacks and so at the beginning, as an audience, we know that it is Michael but um, he starts to come back and she thinks she's having these flashbacks and isn't sure if he's really there and the family unknowingly is gaslighting her and saying, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. And she's like, no, no fuck I'm not, he's here. And um, how she kind of comes on and works with Dr. Loomis. And then I think it's in number five, she starts off as selectively mute because in four, she goes through all the trauma again. And then by the end of five, she's screaming again, but um, (laughs) this poor girl goes through it. I actually remember, um, the girl who danielle harris who plays her mm-hmm. i remember her being on i think it was like oprah or something when these came out and i think it was oprah and oprah was interviewing her and she came out in a clown suit and she was sitting there and and oprah's like did it scare you like working with i vividly remember these interviews and her just talking about
0: she's a, lot being a kid on
1: this set yeah she was great in these too She's a lot of fun.
0: I um, I, I thought it was interesting because, you know, watching them in order and just trying to really pay attention this time around, which I've never really paid that, like I didn't pay as close attention obviously to these movies when I, saw some of them back in the day because I just, they're Halloween movies. So I wasn't really, you know, closely paying attention. I wasn't one of those people that was like into the mythology of it and trying to track things. You know, there's all of that. You know, I didn't have a fan Halloween website. You know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of those. I wasn't that person. So this was interesting because, um, I mean, Halloween 4 now, you know, Michael Myers has, I don't know, crossed a boundary here. He's threatening a seven-year-old for two movies. Like, this is literally, like, that in 88 and 89, which is when these movies came out, that seems subversive to me. Yeah. That seems, I mean, now we're pretty anesthetized to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But in 88, 89, that feels like that would have been out on a limb. Uh, yeah you know like
1: terrifying a seven-year-old well and then they make her a killer
0: and they well they, <laughs> you know, try. they try i
1: wish I they, they would have yeah they you know they i guess they're trying to tap into the whole does this run in the family kind of thing which is why she ends up in the hospital in five but
0: well so yeah. here's my issue Here's okay. one of my issues is that i enjoyed halloween four quite a bit Mm -hmm. I you know threatening the seven-year-old and I thought she was she I thought that she did an excellent job as an act little actress in both these movies actually um and I know that in um my my issue is that at the end of this at the end of four I believe is when they sort of the teaser is that Jamie's a serial killer now that that's that those ending shots is that the seven-year-old is now like got a knife in her hand and she's going to go out and terrorize the world sort of like carrying on it starts over right then a halloween five comes and that didn't happen no and it's totally we're back to she's strapped to a bed and she's mute We're back to one again and I, and I was so pissed off. I mean, for me, I know that, and I, I do think partly you love them because of like the time of life and when you watch them and you like the little girl aspect. And I think that was super unique for the Mm -hmm. time, but Halloween five is a bit of a low point for me.
1: Yeah. Four was definitely better. (laughs) I can see why. I mean, I can, I can see why you feel that way just because it, it was this big setup that didn't deliver. Um, yeah, And then I, I was a little annoyed by her at the beginning of five when she's like, ah, ah, ah and she's like drawing the, <laughs> the pictures. And I'm like, why are you muted are all you of doing? a sudden? <laughs> and, and why? And, Jamie, I just hear Donald. <laughs> Jamie. And like oh if God. he said that one more time, I was going to, you know, rip his throat out. Jamie! And oh, she's like, it ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> was like the all, that was like the first 40 minutes of Halloween five is he yelling, Jamie and her like, ah, 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 and like coloring rapidly. From a dream. It was
0: bad. Um, I mean, I mean, then you
1: (laughs) you've got like
0: these bad. It was bad. I mean, you've got these two. That's like you. (laughs) You're like this is boring. Yeah. When we watch it, I was just bored. Yeah. Um. No. This was bad. This was bad for me because (laughs) it's like you've got like. Cop 1 and Cop 2 bouncing into the room with circus music or whatever the hell all the time. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't... Yeah. What are they doing? I I, I just sat there and, you know, by now I've watched Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, which went off the rails in a lovely way, whatever. Yeah. Then, okay, Halloween 4, at least we're back to Michael Myers being in the movie. Right. And then Halloween 5 is like, I'm sorry, she has psychic powers? What is... And then there's like, and Loomis is off the chain. Like Loomis has gone round the bend. Yeah. They have him basically go crazy. And there's points where he's intimidating the girl, mm-hmm. Jamie. And he's like, Jamie. And he's, and he's <laughs> <there> like,
1: <laughs> okay. like restraining her. And you're like, Loomis.
0: He's like cruel. Yeah. His
1: ethics have gone out the window. He's losing his he mind. He
0: loses his shit. <gasps> He uses this kid. Uh, I mean, maybe she's eight by now. I guess he uses the eight-year-old as bait. He wants yeah. to. U- like, what? Yeah. A, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, this weird. little girl acted
0: her ass off. No, she get did. Me wrong, she must have been exhausted, but she was like crying every ten seconds and screaming you, and the wailing. The first
1: forty minutes of that movie. Now, like in hindsight. Yeah. Um. And and even watching it again, I'm like. God, she's like enough. And then he coming in and yelling. I'm like, the two of you need to go somewhere. Where's Michael? This is, this is ridiculous. This is just too much. And another
0: thing, (laughs) there's a point at which Michael stops for cigarettes. He picks up that girl. He doesn't, he's not getting cigarettes. I was making a joke, but, but it's just as bad. He picks up the girl, right? He's dressed as the girls. Like she thinks that this is her boyfriend in some kind of a mask. Mm -hmm. He picks her up, she gets in the car, they drive down the road. He doesn't say a word. Michael doesn't, does Michael even, like, at this point, I'm like, Michael drives? Like, how did that ever happen? He drove in the first one. Okay, good, fine, that's fine. He drives the... But in my thought process, I was like, wait, what is happening? He's doing, like, normal human behavior, this is weird. Yeah. So then he takes, she says, can I stop and get some cigarettes or whatever?
1: And he fucking stops and (laughs) she gets out of the car and goes and gets cigarettes. Yeah. And then he doesn't kill her. He all of a sudden had impulse control. What the, what the, that's not the Michael we know, not the John Carpenter
0: one. Fairly unacceptable. In my opinion, I was like, I don't, this, this does not work for me. It's
1: really (laughs) funny when you, when you, so John Carpenter, when the second one came out, I know he co-wrote with Deborah Hill, the script, but he's like, I am not, I don't want any other more part. Like I'm done. All done. And, and, He, what he must have, I already know what he thinks about Rob Zombie, but what he must have thought about some of these later ones, he was probably just like, I know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's lots and lots of interviews that everyone can Google to yeah. see his reactions. But one thing I will say is that there's a scene near the end where Michael and the eight year old are facing <laughs> off. just just ridiculous no
1: to jamie at the end of
0: (laughs) no it's bad he should have no not good sort of yeah let him step away at the end of this one but um there's a point at which uh jamie is in the ventilator and michael has trapped her there she's like climbed down a ventilator and trapped her there and he and she's crying and screaming and doing her best acting and he's stabbing through the silver, like ventilator walls with his big, oh, uh, big old yeah, knife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that she's holding on. Yeah. That, that, yeah. And climbing up yeah. and then moving her feet. And I, one, I thought it was shot really well. And two, I thought it was truly terrifying. So that one scene in that movie was very redeeming for me. Yeah. Um, and then I read a story about how that, um, The character, the little girl, what's her name, Danielle? Danielle Harris. She was actually in that ventilator, like, all day and was having to, like, hang from her, you know, low budget, whatever. She was, it was this, it was a day. Like...
1: You can tell when, actually, when I was watching it, I think it was yesterday the scene where she's holding, mm-hmm. you can tell she's
0: really doing she's it. She's sweating. Oh yeah. Like, that was so real. She was in there. Yeah. It was real. And I will say it's really hard to know how they got away with all this, given the child laws when you're shooting, sure. or, you know, schooling and hours and you can't work after a certain time. And those are the, like how they managed to make these movies is beyond me, but I imagine they had a difficult time. So,
1: well, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, Halloween five got one star. Yeah, it's bad. Sorry. Man, I don't remember it being that bad, but it really, I guess it, it.
0: Well, you know what? I i understand. There are a lot of movies that are bad that I love. So because of whenever I saw them or why or whatever. So. I do
1: always, I, I did, I do still share the same sentiment as I did when I watched it a while back, though, which is the first 40 minutes of her kind yeah. of selectively mute All screaming the garbage. with Donald Pleasance going nuts.
0: Bad. Enjoy um, you just like to be Donald Pleasance, I he, can tell.
1: No, it's just that that and then he's got the gloves on and the whole thing is just weird. Yep. Bizarre. Okay. Number six. Yes, please. Totally underrated. Okay. Uh I think so first of all Go forward. First of all, <laughs> Go welcome forward on your rant. Hollywood Paul Rudd. Welcome to Hollywood. Introducing Paul Rudd. So young. Um I like this because it's the and I actually I did not re watch this one for our show today, but I She's seen it so many times, it I've doesn't seen matter. It. And it's one of my faves because it goes into the story of Tommy. Okay? Which if you've all watched the first one, Tommy is uh Laurie Strode's the little boy that she babysits and witnesses all of this. Um It's all shot in Salt Lake City. It's beautiful. It's actually beautifully shot, but uh I liked this story quite a bit. Did you like 6?
0: I did. It was, I mean, it's the last one for Donald Pleasance, obviously. Um, I did like it. I liked, I I thought it was different. I didn't hate it. Like some people do,
1: but I, I, whatever. (laughs) So I'll I'll just give a real quick synopsis of the plot of this one. So on October 31st, 1989, Michael Myers and his niece, Jamie Lloyd, are abducted from the Haddonfield police station by the mysterious man in black and two of his henchmen. Six years later, October 30th, 1995, Jamie has been impregnated and her infant is born being taken away from a man in black. Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, it starts with all of that. And then Loomis has retired, moved to a cabin mm-hmm. where he lives like a hermit, which is, that actually does. That is fluid because based on what you were saying in Halloween five, how he really starts to lose his mind. <laughs> um, So they overhear Jamie's plea for help on a local radio station when she makes a call to Loomis only to be ignored by Barry Sims. Michael catches up with Jamie and she crashes the truck into an old barn. He kills Jamie, but finds her baby is not. (laughs) You started getting goofy there. The truck.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So... Halloween 6 is called The Curse of Michael Myers. I didn't mention it before, but 4 is The Return of Michael Myers. 5 is The Revenge of Michael Myers. They all have these subtitles. And then 6 is The Curse of Michael Myers. Because I do know that there are some of our listeners that are not like horror
1: experts. So I want to throw that yeah. out there. <laughs> so, But Tommy gets pulled in here because he ends up, um, I think he ends up taking care of Jamie's baby, doesn't he?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's how he gets back into the story. A grown-up Tommy. Yeah. Played yeah. by Paul Rudd.
0: He's trying to kill like the last surviving relatives, basically. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. Like if if Michael is a mindless killer, he's certainly got a, a lot of thought process going on. He does. Around who he would like to stalk and kill. To me that's but He's got a type. That the to me that's much more mindful mm-hmm. than just being uh, atomic. And, you know, it's like, it's funny because when you watch the four and five, the Joe Bob series on Shudder, it's like, he basically in all the breaks for, I think it's, I think it's Halloween four for all the breaks. He basically asks like, has become, has Michael become pure evil and why is Michael killing? Like he really wants to know. He's like, why did my, why, why is Michael crazy in the first place? He asks. And he has, he, he has people on social media, give him answers. And then they read out the funny ones and the not so funny ones. But it's like, that's, that's always sort of the question. So with these, But these first six, it's like, why is Michael crazy? And there's all these different, like in each movie there, well, except for three because Halloween three isn't about Michael Myers, but it's like, why is he crazy? And you just really can't answer it. Mm -mm. There isn't an answer because this wasn't looked and there was all these politics again that I'm not going to get into because that's a whole other episode, but that's a deep dive. Um, around which movies got made and why they got made and all the politics and rights and fights and things that were happening. It's like, so there isn't this cohesive psychology or mythology in those first six movies. It just doesn't exist. So um, I applaud Joe Bob for asking the question and the answers were funny. And from a producer standpoint, it was a funny way to like go about talking about it, but there is no answer to that question Mm -hmm. is my answer. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yes, I do agree. Okay. Yeah. So Halloween, the next, so there's those, this is the way I see it. Like there's those first six and I include three in there because it goes along with what was going on at the time. Um, just politically, with everyone in this franchise, and so it makes for an interesting story that way. And again, like Kathy said, it's a standalone, a good standalone movie. So then we move to Halloween H two O and Halloween Resurrection. Oh, man, so I let's talk about H two O. Okay, so let's talk about that. So it's Halloween H two O. Twenty years later is the full title. They always give them the subtitle.
1: So this came out late '90s, I believe, because Resur- uh, Resurrection was. I mean, Curse of Michael Myers, excuse me, was 95. So was it maybe 97? It was 98. 98. okay. 98. This was what so many of us were waiting for, was Lori comes back. Because yes. now Lori's alive again. We're off of four, five, and six. That whole storyline never happened. Mm-hmm. Lori's now older. She has a son. I think, I, I don't remember if she's widowed or divorced or whatever, but it's just the two of them. And... Uh, it takes place during Halloween season, clearly. And she has a, a, a lot of PTSD from the holiday. She's not looking forward to it. It's a day she wants Nightmares. to just kind of sleep through. And and Josh Hartnett, who plays her son, goes to the high school boarding school where he has a few friends that want to stay. Where, where is it that they stay overnight or something? for? Yeah, some camp or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Lori's already on hyper alert. And slowly we... Find out that when he and Michelle, young Michelle Williams, isn't it?
0: Oh, they go to They, they, all the kids go to this private boarding school but and then, they're sleeping overnight. night. Then they want to go away on a trip and he lies that's and right, says, That's right. He lies and says that, you know, he's not going to go because Lori's like, Don't you dare. Right. You know, you're going to die. Michael will come and get you. And then, um, and then he goes anyway.
1: Okay. That's right. And then Adam Arkin. Yeah. Adam Arkin, Alan Arkin. Adam. Adam, yeah. He ends up he's great in it too, but they he and Lori put together that, you know, Michael's out, he's back, and um they have to go rescue these kids. But then Adam's big epiphany is that
0: she's Lori Stro. Like she's been lying about right, her, identity her identity the whole time. And then there's the moment where they're like making out and having date night while the kid's gone and she blows him out of the water as far as like I'm Lori Strode, do you know the story? Yeah. And yeah, he's like, holy shit!
1: H two O was it was good because it was it was definitely um, m- more in line with one and two as far as like if you were to yeah. storyline making sense, and it was everybody had been waiting over a decade to see Jamie Lee Curtis back
0: 20 years 20 20 years later yeah
1: (laughs) H2O we'd been waiting for 20 years to see her come back so um and it was a good movie it didn't disappoint so yeah
0: and it was a young star vehicle because you know Josh Hartnett Michelle Williams it was
1: Dawson's Creek era
0: LL Cool J so it was also that oh yeah he plays the guard yeah culturally Um, It was in the zeitgeist, right? Like, it was people you recognized and liked and wanted to go to the movies, because now movies, by this year, 1998, like, movies are star vehicles by this point. So, yeah.
1: How'd you like this one?
0: Oh, I liked it. I liked it when it first came out. I I remember
1: seeing this one in the theater.
0: Yeah, I mean, I knew this movie. In other words, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can... I can very much acknowledge and own the fact that a lot of these like older horror franchises are not things that they are things I'm watching now as opposed to things I would have watched then. And so like but this movie I remember, like I remember yep, it being in my world. Yep. So For sure. um and liking it and um then
1: Ha- Resurrection. Then there's Halloween. Resurrection. The worst Michael Myers mask. Oh, <laughs> the worst mask. Um. <clears throat> now was this Carpenter? Did he do Resurrection? I'll look it up.
0: You tell. Do you tell the people what you think of this movie? Uh, this movie's crap. <laughs> um. I
1: just love it when you like you're. This is a pile of shit. <laughs> it was a pile of shit, and I hated that they. You know they. they and then they put Laurie's now in a, a in an asylum. Okay, and she ends up committing suicide at the end, which is just stupid because she would not do that. So
0: this movie came out four years later in 2002, um, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Okay. And what was your question?
1: Um, so can we go through the cast first? <laughs> Buster Rhymes. Oh boy. Thomas Ian Nicholas, who's always like showing up in, in the dumbest films. He's American Pie Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyra Banks. Just stop. I'm just going to stop right there. Just okay.
0: She's going to put that right over there on the table. They
1: turned a really great franchise into a joke. It might as well have been scary movie seven. Yeah. It was f- flipping terrible. I'll save my cuss word. It was so bad. And you get about five minutes of Jamie Lee Curtis at the end and she commits suicide. I watched it once in the theater. I will never watch it again. Never say never, but I can't imagine that I will um young sean patrick thomas was in it he's probably the only good actor in the whole cast yeah um other than jamie lee curtis cameo and i just it just i it's bad so at the reality show
0: at the end of so this was i had a lot of problems with this movie but at the end of h2o uh laurie strode decapitates michael myers yeah So that's why they had to call the next one resurrection because the man was dead. He was decapitated. Like there isn't any, there isn't any fiction unless you want to go full blown alien supernatural. Sure. We can go there. But like, if you're trying to keep a linear, linear, like people movie happening, like, okay, he was dead. So he resurrects and they film a
1: reality show in the original house. in Haddonfield. Yeah. So all these, that's idiot where a show Busta, up. Yeah, yeah and and the the first like hour of the movie it's them like with the reality show camp. This is when reality shows were starting to like really take off. Yeah, there's obviously a reason why they did it <clears throat> this way
0: cuz this was in the culture quite a
1: bit. And- it's just it, it's just bad all around.
0: And then there's a point where Michael um he actually has the wherewithal to go and give his bloody knife to a psych patient. <laughs> so that that psych patient will be blamed and they actually talk they actually make this psych patient of Michael Myers fan he like he has sort of um on the spectrum kind of feel to him which i didn't appreciate <laughs> and then he is reciting off facts about Michael Myers kills and holding the knife so this is my problem a lot of times with Michael in general. About the whole, when I'm looking at the whole franchise, is kind of like what I said about the other movie: is that that takes a lot of thought process going in yeah. and giving a psych patient a knife in order to frame him so that you don't get caught. Like, how is Michael thinking about like what? No, right? I, I'm no that movie. No, I think we agree. So. That, um, that's the first six. And then the, I guess what we now these days would call a reboot that was 20 20 years later around the turn of the century. And then now um, we go into Rob Zombie territory. So Rob Zombie decided to put it out there and do a couple of Halloween movies. And I think you had some information about Carpenter versus Zombie type of
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'm just going to say this. I'm still 100% team original franchise. Okay. Um, I actually refused, until we did this series, I refused to watch the Rob Zombie versions just because- As did I. It's blasphemous, and most of the time, my opinion of Rob Zombie is, and I know a lot of people feel he's quote-unquote misunderstood. It's okay, go for it. (laughs) Um, He, it, it just feels like a derivative of what, you know, the original films are, he uses, it's it's just so much like unnecessary, gratuitous, like torment and over the top, like excess use of profanity and rape as a crutch. Like there's always some girl screaming with her tits out and getting banged and raped. And it's like every movie, it's like he just loves to use this. And although I understand the intention of using some of it for this film because of the way that he tried to uh, create Michael's backstory. I just feel like this is it's it's almost at a point where it's like becomes offensive how much he does this with women in every single film. Um, so John Carpenter feels like I do, which is um, I, I wouldn't say that I hated Rob Zombie's version. I think there were good parts of it that I enjoyed. So I wouldn't say that I completely share that sentiment. But John Carpenter hated it, criticizing it exactly for that. So excess use of profanity, providing a backstory, took away the idea of the boogeyman, which I was talking about earlier, or as Dr. Loomis said, death has come to your little town. So John Carpenter was really about like less is more, let him just be this boogeyman. And I think that Rob Zombie's movie had a lot of potential because I liked where he was going in In really discussing the psychology of a psychopath, I think there was a I felt for that little boy I did too. I felt for that little boy in the bullying where I get lost is why we need the rape scene in the in the prison, why we need the two guards like it was so excess and so uncomfortable and this is where I don't like um those themes for shock value. There was no reason that girl needed to be raped and tortured in that prison cell. It did not add to the film. It did not do anything but but make it incredibly uncomfortable for for no reason. Well, and
0: in that moment, the two dudes that do that, and then they're bullying Michael, and I get the juxtaposition of, like, he was bullied as a kid and now – we want to feel like he's being bullied now, and so then that's why he snaps. I get that part of it. But yep. I think you're right. There's absolutely no re- like we knew those two dudes were bad guys. Right? We didn't, they need didn't to go need, there. They didn't need to bring a woman in there. Yeah, like I. And I she was you. like
1: a, a cute, you know, she was a pretty girl that they put like a a young a, psych patient, she a, a young was one psych the patient. They made her look really, you know. And I think it was this idea, too, of, oh, she's this fucked up woman that we can do whatever we want with. I didn't like that at all. I thought it really um, there are horrible characters it exploited sure. mental health. And then, yep. uh, to me, there was so much more shock value versus storytelling. Okay. And, you know, he, he uses a lot of the torture porn of the 1970s. I didn't like it. I didn't like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I did appreciate what he attempted to do with this young boy and the... This, the abusive stepfather, but of course mom had to be a stripper and everybody at school wanted to fuck her. It's like, why, why is it always that? Yeah. Those tropes. Yeah. But with him though, I know it's just, it's offensive. I agree
0: with you. I did not hate the first. So he, so Rob Zombie's offerings to this franchise are Halloween and Halloween too. Halloween came out in 2007, which was five years after the resurrection movie. Or debacle, however you like to refer to it. And then Halloween 2 came out two years later. So they obviously just immediately started shooting the second one, and that came out in 2009. And then now we have the 2018 offering of Halloween, which was a a reboot. And, you know, that's like what, 11 years later. So after Zombie Killed the French, no. Okay. So my feeling was when I, so I too never watched these movies. Oh,
1: I thought you had. No. Okay.
0: No, no. Um, I, I'm, I'm aware of my, thoughts and feelings about Rob Zombie and I haven't watched all his movies so I'm absolutely willing to watch all of his movies and have a full-blooded like overall opinion as most people know about me I'm kind of I'm always down I'm always down to like okay what horribleness is this let's watch it and then I'll form my own opinion right so so this was me sitting down and doing that and uh the first movie I didn't hate it I liked a lot of it. i'm I'm agree in agreement.
1: Yeah, the beginning was great and even some of the end was great.
0: I'm in agreement that there are gratuitous things about it that I don't didn't need. Um, it's it's brutal. It, his world, his world building, the world that he likes to live in and shoot in and and tell stories from, is a brutal, emotionally painful, um, torturous, like you say, it's in that torture porn mm-hmm. um, world, and it's not a place I like to be. Mm-mm. And it's not a, a place I really like my horror to be. Me neither. That's not to say that it doesn't have a place in the in the in the in the world, and that people don't like it. That's fine. That's great. If it's your thing, perfect. But it's not my thing. However, so I was actually because I had never seen these movies, and because what I know about Rob Zombie and the world building that he does, because I, I haven't seen all of them, but I have seen a few of his movies. Is that I I guess because of that expectation, when I sat down to actually watch it as which is which with as clear a mind as I possibly could, I enjoyed the first one. Again, with the exception of those couple scenes, because over half of the movie is psych over half of the movie is following Michael Myers and him being a person.
1: Well, and also that little boy showed signs of empathy He was, you know, there was fucked up animal killing and stuff going on at the beginning, but there was this side of him. He was not yet all the way to the dark side. It's
0: what we see in our work. That's right. It's the the kids and the teenagers that I see in my work. If that little boy would have gotten help. That have the propensity to turn into something um, much more aggressive and violent. Than what we want to help them turn into, which is a much more balanced and healthy human being with a very difficult childhood type of thing, and so there was a person there. Now, what one of the big criticisms, of course, from Halloween fans is that they want the the Michael Myers of those first six, seven, eight episodes, is they want that Michael Myers, they want the the um, Brutal, evil, bad guy that doesn't, isn't, we aren't empathetic with. Um, and so these movies, they may or may not like Rob Zombie, but they still have the criticism that they don't want the psych piece. Right. So, okay, that's fair. Like, fair. You don't like it, fair. I happen to have liked Rob Zombie's first movie, you know, 80% of it, because even when he turns into this, like, big hulking dude, like I had empathy for the him then because they had given the story. Mm-hmm. So I actually like that part of it. So then we come to Halloween too. Mm. So I struggled because. Tell us Shannon. <laughs> because Rob Zombie's world building and the ho- and his first Halloween was, I in, enjoyed parts of it. Um, a lot of it, like I said, about eighty percent. I I enjoyed the psych piece, but I also feel that it. Um, and actually, my friend Drew on the Discord said this, and I I, do, I don't want to um, pretend it's my quote, but he said something about how it's just mean. Like there's this, the movie is mean. Like it's a mean world. It's brutal. It's emotionally painful. Um, so when we were talking about the movie, that that's that was sort of his take on it, and it's it's kind of like. It's like, I didn't hate it, but it's just a mean, brutal world to be in. So that's true of that first movie. But then you get into Halloween, too.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I had to watch. I if we weren't doing it's this, a I would not cast too. if I if we weren't doing this, I wouldn't have finished it because about 10 and 15 minutes in I had to take a break. Yeah, I went back to it like. Later that day, I watched another half an hour.
1: I felt like I, yeah, I felt like I had to do that with with the first one too, just because it's brutal. I didn't do that with the first one for whatever reason, but, um, but I hear you. I think it just, he, he,
0: um, I watched it in pieces to, uh, to finish my thought was that I watched it in pieces because it went off the rails. So whatever he set up in the first movie that I liked, um, went completely off a cliff in Halloween 2. It was just... it. The 2 was zombie at his torture porn yeah. Um, mode.
1: I almost feel like he had to be safe in one enough that he was still pulling in Probably. the... the um, like anybody would want to work with him. And then they get there and it's well, that. I mean, the article that I was looking at, which I can share on Facebook for everybody. It's called why John Carpenter hated Rob zombies Halloween. they talk a little bit about how Rob zombie had to be smart enough to, to, to try to pull in as much of the original fan base. But once he had made one and was given the green light to do two, he's like, well, I'm going to leave you all in the dust. Now I'm going to really do what I want. Now I'm going to be me. Now I'm going to be me. And this is what, I mean, it, it's more representative of the devil's rejects and all of that stuff that, like you said, that the, where he goes in order to have gotten the permission to do to, he had to incorporate parts of the original. Franchise. That, that that makes
0: perfect sense from in Hollywood ease, mm-hmm. because that's true of anything, if anybody like, so in a more tame way, if you're an independent filmmaker, you need to make a really great movie. And then eventually, you get to, you know, then you have to, like, work and get be a hired gun and do movies as a director that you don't necessarily want to do. But then you earn your credibility and then you get to do what you want. So that just, yeah. like, makes sense to me. That's how it works. So his entry into this was, you know, telling a good, pretty good story and maybe having some disagreeable scenes. But the, the first one was a good story and it was interesting. And I did feel empathy for Michael and that was what he was going for. Um, and then... Not so much. It was really hard to get through. I'll never watch it again.
1: He, he certainly, he <laughs> certainly that way. Sp- the second one. Never watch it again. He certainly split the fan base, like this article talks about. But I think what's sad for me is, I would imagine um, it's younger audiences who who find the original boring. Oh, of course. Because, um, sure. I fo- I found Carpenter's cinematography and the way he directed Michael. To, to actually be scarier. Michael, oh, yeah. Michael stepped out of the dark. He was just there. It wasn't this bull in a china shop. I'm coming through with an axe and just tearing up everything and exploding. And I'm six eight and I'm just. Michael was was actually quite not timid because he wasn't shy about approaching, but he was quiet. And he was. I don't know. It was, it was a, it was, it was the boogeyman.
0: I think that's a great point to remember because that is one of the major criticism for like Halloween fans is that um, he wasn't scary anymore because Mm. of our empathy for him. And I mean, you could, you could, I could see a way that it could have been treated where, we would have empathy for him and have him grow up and then do that transition into being really freaking terrified of him. I can see how a writer could have done a good job with that, Mm -hmm. but that's not what happened. Um, What happened is we felt that empathy and that understanding for him. And then we just were never frightened by him again. But I also think that's because it's too much like, are you the, talking about with carpenters or with zombies? With zombies. Oh, yeah. So, for like, because it's, yeah. Because for Halloween, too, um, what ended up happening was one of the reasons why I kept turning it off or kept taking breaks was because it was so, the screaming, the running, the screaming, the loudness of it was starting to really overwhelm
1: me. And unfortunately, that's not scary. No, it's obnoxious, which is why Sherry Moon Zombie in House of a Thousand Corpses, I had the hardest time getting through that because she just screams like a banshee through like the whole thing. It's not scary.
0: No, it's annoying. I I get that this is the world that he is in and he does it in every movie. And I guess that it's like fear by overstimulation. How are you trying to scare me? Because it's not scary to me.
1: It's just like, I don't, I'm not scared. So I think he has this, I mean, not even I think, I know he has this perception of women because um, clearly he, I mean, the way that he directs them and the tropes that he uses is just, you know, they all need to be running around half-naked strippers screaming. They're, they're just like, they're so one-dimensional in his films. Um, the, I will give him some credit for Halloween 1 where he did give the mother a little depth, um, and, and her complexity and, and what she was trying to do to save her kids, that was there. That's the most depth I've ever seen him put into a female character. Like the psych patient, you know, I keep going back to and what she was used for for that scene, like it angers me. right This is not 1971, dude. Mm. Like, you know, it's just a different time. And, and for women to watch a scene like that, not only, not only is it offensive, it's incredibly triggering for of women who have probably been raped or assaulted and it's not it wasn't a necessary There was no revenge from that. There was nothing. There was no point in that scene Yeah, and for me from like we talk a lot about
0: horror movies being a, a useful psychological task, you know a useful way to work out some of your stuff a useful way to work with fear and death and you know death anxiety and there's all of these ways that we obviously are um you know using a megaphone to talk about that yep. and how horror is such a vital part of psychology and for me again i'm always willing to hear the other side or to be turned around in some way on this but for now i don't see the
1: psychological usefulness of that i think it hurt me too because it took what was perceived to be as a defenseless psych patient who nobody was caring for that was vulnerable and nobody was protecting, which is not the reality of, of most psych hospitals and that she was walking around and entrusted by these two pieces of shit. And it just, to me, it's like in that moment, the psych patient became this object of entertainment and it was really sickening. It was maddening to me. And going back to what we were talking about last week on Black Mirror, how women's torment is often a a, a pillar of entertainment. That is a perfect example of that, right? That's so it's a, a great for point. that reason. I give it seventy five thumbs down for that scene <laughs> alone, because I love horror. I'll watch some of the most gratuitous shit. Oh yeah, but this was just not so
0: much. Yeah, I um, and I think in the coming months we're gonna do an episode on psychiatric hospital representations. Like uh, we started out this season by doing men- just like kind of more more general mental health representation in horror movies, and we're gonna do an episode on um, psychiatric hospitals representation. So this might we you know maybe we'll throw that in there as a as a footnote because we've already talked about it. But let's end on a good note, shall we? We shall. The next offering and the last of what we have that has been out in the movie theater so far is Halloween,
1: 2018. It's, I loved that movie. Now let's, let's talk about what that movie did that zombie didn't do was make these women kick ass. Yes, ma'am. And Laurie Strode and just that whole lineage, the whole storyline of the women in her family and preparing for his return. And, and also just, again, this is where they really brought the psychological pieces. She was equipped after all this year, these years of torment and torture, and every time that happened to her, she became stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where she overcorrected. At least that's what it looks like at the beginning where she's overly paranoid. However, I want to say this is a, sort of, I don't mean to digress, but when we are, <laughs> and you've seen this too, Shannon, I'm sure, is, when we're working with clients, um, why context is so important is looking at the difference between real per, uh, versus perceived fear and how if we don't have the entire story, we can look at somebody who's paranoid. And I think if, if you're looking at Lori Strode from um, a, a patient point of view, at the beginning of this movie, people who don't have the whole context and go, wow, man, this woman's batshit crazy. But if you know her whole story... It's not a perceived fear. It's fucking real and she's getting ready and everyone thought she was crazy, but it was very true. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I like this movie for a lot of reasons. I feel like they also, I think to get Jamie, I mean, if you know anything about Jamie Lee Curtis and her public persona, the last 10 to 15 years, you'll know that she's an incredible advocate for women. And so I think to interest her in this role at all, <laughs> they, they weren't going to go the Rob Zombie route. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to interest her at all, it had to be like a women's empowerment kind of kick ass situation. Now, there was a part of me that was like, oh, God, I hope they don't go too far down the advocacy rabbit hole and, no, make, it, and make it a bad it, movie. It could have been. They yeah, didn't do that. They
1: didn't. It was just enough they they made it a
0: great movie. Yep. And it came out in 2018 and we have to look forward to um next year in 2021 hypothetically. So this is David Gordon Green's universe. He's directing all three of these movies. And so Halloween in 2018, Halloween Kills in 2021 and then Halloween Ends in 2022 and you know I can see how they're trying to make this the the the, the doneness, the mm-hmm. end the ending. But you know, as we know, <laughs> I'm sure people thought it was done years ago. So
1: after twenty eighteen though, I, I, I did want more.
0: I did, too. And yeah. that's why they made it a threefer, I'm yeah. sure, is because they knew that one movie wasn't going to, you know, like tell a whole story. I mean, we've set up that we've set up in our culture that one movie doesn't tell a whole story. Right. <laughs> so we need, wait, one movie? No, we need 12 or yeah. we need three. And so that's the way it looks right now is that there's this these three. But yeah, I remember like... um did you and I see this together? I
1: actually went and saw this alone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. But we how ta- I saw we it. we definitely talked about it right after. Yeah, we um, talked about it right after. The, the two people who who love this franchise as much as I do would be you and my friend Rob, who's going to come on and talk about his movie project horror. Mm. Um, like the most diehard Michael fan, it's I, it's really its own following, and people either appreciate it or they don't. So there's
0: tons of really great fan sites and stuff, too. So I'm sure as the, you know, as the health crisis ebbs and we handle our cultural shutdown right now, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, we'll we'll get back to the movies and hopefully these movies will be some of the additional offerings i guess i'm pretty excited about that to be honest i am too when so when this movie i'll just add this real quick before we end is when this movie came out halloween 2018 that my local movie theater did a like an event and they showed on the big screen the halloween 1978. And they had an event where there was, like, Michael Myers-themed food. It was literally oh, the awesome. movie theater down What would that even mean? What would the food be? They all had different names. It was, like, okay. regular food. But, you know, okay. and the drinks were colored bloody and all of that. Just, okay. like, what you would imagine. But all of the foods for that night, the special menu had, like, all these sure. names. You know, yeah. Halloween-type names. And then they also had an actor in the lobby in, like, a... In the in the Michael Myers outfit, behind like a wall with, um, and you could like t- stand in front of him. He was in jail. That was the idea. He was in jail, and then you could stand in front of him or whatever and take your picture. So they oh, did. that's cool. It was just fun, and I had never seen you know the original on the big screen. Yeah. So that was super fun, and it was one of those movie theaters either. where you could eat and drink in your seat. So awesome. Yeah, I just was remembering that from two years ago when I was prepping for this episode. So. But that's that, man. Cool. Got any last thoughts? Your favorite.
1: No, I just, um, I think we said a lot. I'm really looking forward to the, the next two.
0: Yeah. And when they come out, we'll be talking about them. So thank you so much for listening to Terror Talk. My name is Shannon.
1: And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again,
1: sleep safe.